Hello everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me today is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, it's been a while. How's it going? It's it's good. It's uh it's good to be back at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh so obviously it's been a while since an episode has been uploaded. Um Unfortunately, I had some personal stuff come up in the past week that I needed to take some time off of doing from the show and stuff. We actually had a date set for our Final Fantasy VII review episode to record, and then I just, yeah, we had to postpone it. So, we, we apologies for the lack of an episode, um, but we're we're back and we're excited to talk about some video games for you guys. Uh, it's This is going to be a shorter episode. Um, Today, there was a Xbox presentation inside Xbox episode that showed off some third-party games that are coming to next-gen for Xbox Series X. And so Adam had the great idea of, hey, let's record a quick episode to share our thoughts on the show because we figured it's the first time in a long time that we've had a big presentation like this. You know, we, with the lack of Nintendo Directs this year and um, some other n- video game news, especially with this whole pandemic, you know, we've been eager to get some some news in the video game industry, some big major news, and we got that today with Xbox. So basically, we're going to run you through what that inside Xbox looked like, we'll talk about all the games that were announced, uh, we'll do some deeper dives into some of them, and then, yeah, that's basically all this episode's going to be. It's going to be a really quick episode, and yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. So a uh, reminder that uh, the podcast airs every Tuesday most of the time. Each week, Adam, Garrett, and myself discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on new game releases. So if you like video games, you've come to the right place. The show is available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Just search for Games Are Fun, whatever podcast service you use, and we should pop up on there. If you want to help support this podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you use. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, maybe consider leaving the show a review. Small things like that really help grow the show and help us find new listeners. To everyone who tunes in every week, we really appreciate the support. Thank you so much for that. One housekeeping note. uh, Actually, I got two technically. So our Final Fantasy VII Remake review slash spoiler cast will be available on all major podcast platforms next Tuesday, which is, I believe, May 12th. If I can check my calendar here. Yeah, so May 12th will be the Final Fantasy Remake review episode. So by the time this episode airs here, uh, you just have to wait a couple more days. I know it's been a long wait. I'm sure you, Adam, have just been like dying because you beat the games <laughs> literally like a month ago at this point. Um, it was the the week <laughs> uh, the the week that the game launched. It was that Monday. I, yeah, I yeah. rolled credits. Wow. So yeah, that would have been like April because April tenth. Yeah. So it's been a while <laughs> since <laughs> since you like I was definitely taking a long time to get it beat, and then with having all of these, you know, you know postponing the recording dates. Just was a big mess, but I'm really excited that we're finally all sitting down to talk about it. I'm super excited. Now that I've rolled credits, you know, I have so many things I want to talk about, specifically some end game stuff. I can't wait for those discussions uh, to take place. So, yeah, that's going to be airing this upcoming Tuesday, May 12th. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake yet and you're planning on playing it, 
um, or if you know you haven't beat it quite yet, the first half of the episode will be spoiler free. We're just gonna leave it to you know a review and impressions on things like the gameplay, uh, some of the visuals, the soundtrack, all all the surface level stuff, and then we're gonna talk about spoiler beats, you know, in the last half of the show. So we'll make it very clear with a spoiler warning, so that you know you can pause the show and come back to it when you have played that game. So just wanted to point that out. And speaking of Final Fantasy VII, uh, I haven't been able to plug this because we've missed some recording, some episodes here, but I did say, I think on the last episode, you and I did, Adam, that uh, I wanted to do a giveaway of the original Final Fantasy VII. So I actually did put that up on April 24th over on our Twitter page, at GamesAreFunPod. We did a giveaway for a Steam copy of the original Final Fantasy VII. And so this episode is actually going up on the last day to enter. I'm drawing at the end of the day, May 8th. So if you're listening to this right now and it's still May 8th, you have some time to head over to our Twitter at GamesAreFunPod. It's the pinned tweet right at the top. And it's really simple. All you got to do is follow at GamesAreFunPod, retweet the giveaway tweet, and then take two of your friends. And so it looks like we have like... So we have... 17 retweets but only 12 people commented so that's where it kind of is like tough because some people follow some of the instructions and some don't follow all of them um, the reason why we kind of have these instructions is because when you're doing a giveaway on twitter basically you copy this link into retweet picker contests like there's sites that basically um you can put in the criteria of what classifies as an entry and then it will pick someone at random so it's just kind of a helpful way to make sure that everyone who entered entered you know so i can omit people like myself who i retweet this tweet on my personal thing so that's why there's kind of those things there but it's super simple so please head over to there if there's still time and enter that giveaway um and yeah we'll we'll do another giveaway uh probably sometime in may i'm, I'm kind of looking i don't know if I'm probably going to save it for June, but I want to give away a copy of The Last of Us because uh, that's the next big game that's coming up. Uh, it's The Last of Us Part 2. So head over to our Twitter to, to stay tuned for those game giveaways. All right, that's it. Uh, are we good to move in the... Do you have anything to add or are we good to just jump into talking about Xbox? I think we're good. All right, awesome. So, so we got... Uh, our first real look into uh, some games that are going to be on next gen. And we seen this through inside Xbox, a presentation put on by Xbox uh, that basically showcased a total of 13 games, all the games that they showed. It was before the presentation. I should add that it was very clear that this presentation was going to be a focus on third party games uh, that are coming next gen. And, they also, when they announced this inside Xbox show, they also stated that I think they're doing kind of, I should have prepped an article, but they basically had this thing that was like Xbox 2020. And it's kind of like a roadmap of some things that they've laid out for announcements for the rest of the year leading up to the, the launch of Xbox Series X. So this one was a third party uh, announcement presentation and then, I think they said July is a first-party Xbox Game Studios presentation, so probably a, 
a digital event of sorts similar to this one where they're focusing on announcements from their Xbox game studios. So Ninja Theory, you know, 343 Industries, um, all those Obsidian, th th those companies that fall under the umbrella of Xbox game studios. So this was a third party. And yeah, so we got 13 games, some are cross-gen games that will be available for Xbox One as well as Xbox Series X. And then there were some announcements for yeah games that are, are coming straight to xbox series x so how do you want to do this adam do you want me to run through all these games and then we can kind of talk about them as we go and then finish off some thoughts or do you want to start off with some impressions of this this thing in general uh why don't we run through the the list of games and then okay. we can give our impressions overall sounds good yeah that's what i was gonna do so all right, let's 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 go through them then. Like I said, 13. I don't know if this is in the order they were presented, but the, these were all the ones that they, they showed off. So the first one is called Bright Memory Infinite. Uh, no release dates to be announced, and it is part of the Xbox's smart delivery program. So uh, I did want to talk about that because that's something that came up through the entire presentation. We've talked about smart delivery on this show before, but for those of you who don't know, smart delivery is basically a feature for Xbox that uh, if you buy, let's say, Assassin's Creed Valhalla on Xbox One, uh, if it's part of the smart delivery program, you get the Xbox Series X, the upgraded version, you know, the next-gen version for free. So basically, it means that you don't have to buy the Xbox One version and then dish out another 60 bucks to get the beefier, you know, experience Xbox Series X version or whatever. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, what smart delivery is. And so when they showcase these games, uh, they kind of had a little badge that popped up saying if it was smart delivery or not. So I did, I will, as I go through these games, you'll hear me saying smart delivery, no smart delivery. So yeah, Bright Memory Infinite. It's uh, a first-person shooter mixed with some melee combat. So basically, this was the first game I think that they started the show off with, and it looked really, really rad. It basically was this kind of cyberpunk, uh, had a kind of cyberpunk aesthetic mixed with, um, I, like, I like Chinese architecture, I guess, um, that's I, how the developer described it in on his Twitter page, at least. Uh, this game, it's basically, yeah, like a first-person shooter with some sci-fi elements. And it's developed by one person um, under the name FYQD Studio. So, did this game do anything for you, Adam? Uh, at first, no. Yeah. Whenever it was just like just some shooting stuff. Now I will say it looked really nice. Like the wind mm -hmm. effects were were crazy. Looked really good. Really good. And then all of a sudden, he's using melee attacks, and he's using like a like a zip line to pull enemies in, and and then he he hops in like a DeLorean yeah. and starts driving. Like oh, like just there's there's a mix of so many things in there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, right. <laughs> I it looked like some sort of like generic sci-fi first-person shooter uh, right off the bat, but yeah, as the trailer went on, it just kept they kept throwing awesome things at it, mm -hmm. and yeah, especially when they showed off like the I think it was like katanas or like some swords and stuff like that. 
that was like whoa okay and then that delorean like you mentioned was just like the cherry on top of coolness and then when i found out that this game was developed by one person because i I, they mentioned it in the the presentation there and then i also looked up this game after that's crazy like this isn't like a little pixel art you know 2d game this is a, this looks like a straight up like triple A. Yeah, game. like first person game with uh, a lot of attention to to the details in everything. So, yeah, it looked really really rad. Um, I'm glad that it's a smart delivery thing. Uh, still to be announced. So, it, you know, it's uh, if it launches before the Xbox Series X, then that's great because we will expect that. But with a, a game developed by one person, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that we kind of don't really hear much about it and then it comes back at some some point down the road kind of thing so but yeah really interesting looking game uh next we got dirt 5 uh that's coming october 2020 and it also supports smart delivery so don't really need to talk a whole lot about this because as the title says it's like the fifth main entry into the dirt series which obviously is a racing game focused on um, like rally cars and kind of off-roading, not traditional track racing. Uh, there is a story mode, though, with voice actors Troy Baker and Nolan North, which is really rad. Um, that's that's pretty cool. I, I expect they were like, you know, let's let's try to introduce a story mode element into this racing game and let's try and get like two of the best voice actors on the market and they they pulled that off, so... To be honest with you, uh, I'm not like I like the the Forza games and stuff, but I'm not like super into racing games. But the fact that there's a story mode with like t- two really good voice actors that I'm quite a big fan of uh, has me interested. So, uh, yeah, a lot of like I put Forza Horizon vibes because watching the trailer, it does look like a Forza game. Um, yeah, like uh, to to they even showed in the Sturt Five like some season changing and stuff. So it's kind of taking some elements from Forza Horizon 4, uh, which was the last Forza game we got. So, yeah. any Anything you wanted to mention on that one? Um, not really, no. Yeah. I mean, it's further proof <laughs> that uh, Troy Baker and Nolan North are in every game ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it, if it ends up being like a Game Pass game, you know, maybe I'll look into it oh, like yeah. I did with Forza Horizon 4. Yeah. But um, otherwise... Probably, probably yeah. not picking it up. Same boat. Next, we got Scorn, which was the weirdest trailer, in my opinion, out of all the games. Uh, this is to be announced, and no smart delivery um, for this <laughs> one. So this is a first-person horror game. Uh, in the research I could find with this, uh, there's some RPG elements within that. Uh, it is first-person, and then some light puzzle elements. So pretty vague the the trailer itself was very dark and gross <laughs> it was like yeah. i don't even know like how would you even describe that trailer it was like i don't know <laughs> it's like someone is really obsessed maybe with like doom and aliens yeah and yeah yeah because there was like <laughs> this creepy body like lying and then it showed like that it was almost like pregnant or something. Yeah. Um, and then there was this weird, there was like weird slimy things and some other things that uh, just looked a little questionable. And it was just yeah. like, 
it made me uncomfortable watching it but as a person who like <laughs> loves first person horror games i'm like i you've got my attention i'm eager to see what this game is all about though so uh next was a game called call of c uh to be announced and does support smart delivery uh, it's a first-person puzzle game, and you play as uh, character Nora, who is looking for her husband on a South Pacific island in the 1930s. Uh, this game stood out to me personally because it had a very bright and colorful art style, um, great visuals, but again, you know, don't really. It showed basically a first-person perspective of walking around this island and everything like that, but in terms of the puzzle solving and what you have to do and maybe any possible combat if any you know it, it didn't really show too much but it was you know keep in mind that all these things are announcement trailers um yeah and i saw that call of c on twitter was getting a, a pretty positive reception i i when people were talking about inside xbox this was a game that i kept seeing pop up as people were interested in so obviously had a, a good reveal anything you want yeah, and i think um i think outside of the 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 first game we talked about bright memory infinite i think this is the the one this second one that i'm most interested mm -hmm. in um because again like you said i really liked the art style they used on it kind yeah. of like that bright vibrant aesthetic and um i'd be interested to to see more of that for sure yeah some a game that i'm definitely going to have on my radar and I think it's from publisher Raw Fury, who has published some pretty, pretty good games in the past. So, next is uh, is called it's actually called Chorus, but it's spelt C H O R V S, or at least like the U is like They're stylized. Doing like the churches thing. Yeah, exactly. So, it like when you see, saw it come up, I was like chorves it's like, a weird name but then when i saw that it was chorus i'm like okay that that sounds a little better yeah. uh in the trailer one of the one of the the voiceovers said the word chorus in like oh. a very like pronounced way oh, okay so whenever the title came up on the screen like that's how i read it was chorus oh, I see. okay but i could totally see like I must if you kind of missed that and then yeah. you saw the title yeah yeah me just not paying attention i guess uh, to be announced and supports smart delivery. It's from publisher Deep Silver, who's you know published games like Saints Row in the past. Uh, it's a single-player story-driven shooter. Um, you play as a character named Nara, and she is basically tracking down this mysterious cult with the help of uh, the Forsaken, whoever they are. Um, heavy on the spaceship... Um, like piloting a ship and everything like that in space they showed that off and then yeah very uh, this one didn't uh didn't really look too unique to me but I, I did appreciate kind of the style they were going for in the the trailer there was a certain aesthetic that looked intriguing to me but to be honest with you this game i was just like i just felt kind of generic to me and there's another one uh on this list that I'll, I'll talk about later that I just kind of was like, this could be really cool, but as someone who has no idea what this like IP is, I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it just didn't really strike a chord with me, but yeah. See this one I'm actually a little interested in. Um, it, I thought it looked uh, 
interesting, mm-hmm. or at least you know, kind of like the the space, like spaceship Oops. kind of flight combat yeah. thing they had going. Um, I I think you know maybe it has some potential, but mm-hmm. would definitely need to see more. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I totally just spilt a beer. <laughs> okay, my apologies for if that picked up on the mic. Yeah, I mean, like, the the style looked cool to me, but I just want to see more, right? Like, I want to see what this story is and stuff. Because out of um, when I was researching a lot of these games, doing up our show doc, this one um, had an emphasis on the narrative um, with descriptions I could find about it. So, and you know I'm a sucker for really good stories, so... Yeah, I, I, I want to see more. I'm not not sold completely. Uh, Madden NFL 21, uh, which is coming out this year, and no smart delivery on this one. Um, I put in our show notes, this is a football <laughs> game about football players playing football. So, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, sports games generally don't change up too frequently um, year to year. I mean, we usually see the big changes happen every three years or so. But, yeah, uh, just a place to advertise Madden, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this one did catch my eye. It's called Scarlet Nexus. Uh, it's to be announced uh, for release date, and it does support smart delivery. It's from Bondi Namco. Uh, and I found a description here from, I think it was games radar i think i stole this one from um so scarlet nexus is a new game from bondi namco starting psychokinetic soldier yuto yuto samaragi i believe is how that's pronounced sounds good yeah yeah we'll go with it uh he's trying to uncover a no doubt dastardly plot in the so-called brain punk city of new hamuka it sounds like Psychonauts meets Grand Theft Auto, which sounds pretty cool indeed. This is a game that I definitely kind of recommend uh, you check out for yourselves. It's definitely JRPG uh, aesthetic to it. Like, it's very a- anime style, I guess. Um, but the enemies are very crazy looking. Like, they remind me of enemies from, like, uh, what's the game I'm thinking of? Like, kind of like Bloodborne in a sense, or like Dark Souls of just like crazy, or uh, what's was, the, was that latest one uh, by Bo- Code Vein? Uh, yeah. yeah. So the, that's, they're just like very weird creatures, monsters that uh, are very like crazy looking. Um, so to be honest, this uh, this game did get my attention and looked looked very it definitely stood out compared to the other ones i think based on its uh kind of gameplay style and art style and everything like that so yeah yeah i I agree um and it definitely has you know that that bandai namco sort of uh aesthetic to it um Mm -hmm. because another game that it kind of gave me vibes of was the god eater series um oh yeah it's a god eater code vein like that that sort of style um you know that they're pretty well known for so Mm -hmm. it it definitely seems like it kind of fits in that that sort of genre of game like that kind of like action Mm -hmm. rpg type type thing um but yeah again like you said like it it definitely stood out against the other games so yeah yeah it was definitely interesting next we had second extinction uh still no uh release date but 
does support smart delivery. It's a first-person shooter that uh, actually supports three-player co-op, which is interesting. Uh, it's kind of a uh, first-person shooter where the enemies are all pretty much dinosaurs or like reptile-type creatures. This game actually uh, grabbed my interest because I... I loved Turok like back in the day on Nintendo 64 and even yeah. like the one that were, came to uh, Xbox 360 I actually liked which I don't know if that game was even well received but um yeah like I it's been a while since we've had a like a a dinosaur game you know what I mean like it, that seems like some a product of the past right but uh yeah, this this looks rad. I mean, like uh, for a first-person shooter game, it looks great. You know. Uh, moving on to the Ascent, uh, deliver or yeah, smart delivery and no release date. So this was a cyberpunk RPG kind of like twin stick shooter type of thing. Um, so I. Basically, so can I, I pulled this again from Games Radar, I believe. Continuing the cyberpunk theme, Neo Giant and Curve Digital presented The Ascent, a cyberpunk RPG shooter starring the titular Ascent group, which owns everyone. As you imagine, things go wrong quickly, um, collapsing society and descending into chaos. This is where you and optionally a co-op partner um, come in to stem the tide of gang wars and corporate terrorism. So this was the game I was kind of mentioning earlier that I just felt like it really wasn't standing out to me. Uh, maybe it's because I have it in my mind that like I'm so excited for Cyberpunk 2077 that <laughs> anything that is trying to go for the cyberpunk genre, I'm just kind of like, you know, it, it, unless it's has a, it's doing something special. It just like it's not really speaking to me. So. Yeah, I, I just saw this and was like, oh, another cyberpunk game. Like, it's it seems like people are cashing in on that genre right now, um, which is understandable. I mean, I love, like, the cyberpunk aesthetic and, and genre. Mm -hmm. um, I gravitate towards anything that's kind of set in worlds like that because that's a, a genre I'm really interested in. But I just, like, yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, great, a cyberpunk game that just... I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but it's just like, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it sort of looked to me like it could be like a uh, kind of Diablo yeah. sort of-esque sort of game, mm -hmm. which is fine. I, I think it has the potential to be a fun game, but it, I also feel like in terms of like, you know, trying to show off next gen quality games, like this didn't really feel like that. And, yeah. and maybe it is because it was sort of like that. I guess kind of like what, like almost like top down, mm -hmm. almost like almost like twin stick shooter type, yeah, uh, type looking thing. But yeah, it wasn't anything that really looked like it was going to push, uh, you know, the boundaries of next gen hardware. And yeah. So it, it didn't really stand out. Yeah, that's a really good point. Next, we have the medium. Uh, no smart delivery on this one. Uh, this is from Bloober Team, who made Blair Witch uh, and Layers of Fear, which are both horror games I've actually played to completion. Um, Layers of Fear, great horror game. Blair Witch, meh, it's okay. Uh, like not mechanically, not like a 
a great game, but like the the horror elements, they, what what this team does do well is horror elements. Uh, so they showed off this game called The Medium, which is a first person horror game as well, and basically it follows a protagonist by the name of Mary Ann, and Medium is a game where you're kind of caught, Marianne's caught between the physical and spirit worlds, and she receives a vision of a child's death. Uh, she visits an old hotel resort in search for answers. Visits to old, old hotels often go pear-shaped in horror games. If only someone had told Marianne that. Again, this is from Games Radar. Uh, but it has the composer from Silent Hill working with Bloober uh, team. So you know, someone who is familiar with creating music for horror-type games. Uh, not only that, a, a pretty well-experienced person and a team that has made previous horror games. So, again, as a horror fan, I'm definitely interested in this one. I did, the trailer looked cool to me. Uh, it, it looks very, like, psychological horror. But, uh, yeah, I, it's horror games are really hard to show off, I think, and that was kind of the, what was that other one that was uh, Scorn? I mean, that was a weird trailer. But, yeah, they're kind of games that I think you kind of just need to see them being played um, to experience them yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to, because a lot of horror games kind of fit in that genre of walking simulator a lot of times, like, especially... Mm-hmm. If there isn't any real combat, it kind of just feels like you're walking around a haunted house. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's sometimes that's hard to translate the experience in just a trailer. But I I this one looked really cool to me and something that I'm going to keep keep tabs on going forward. But it is unfortunate that there's no smart delivery, but that could possibly be because it's, you know, not coming for a little while now maybe even 2021 and at that point you know it's like what's the point because we're wanting people to buy that next gen version of it so next we got vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 uh, that's set for 2020 and to support smart delivery uh, so this is a sequel to vampire the masquerade obviously and yeah basically from my understanding that is a vampire type of rpg i don't really know anything about vampire the masquerade that's uh i've heard of the the game before but i i have no knowledge of that but i i do know that this is a game megan might be interested in because she's been a uh, she's a big fan of vampires so uh kind of a weird trailer though because it like starts off with like it's like this Christmas tree and there's these people that have these are dead essentially. And they're kind of hung up like marionette dolls and they have like things stretching their, their mouths. So they're smiling and their eyes are wide open, like kind of like a a weird serial killer leaving, setting up their, their victims in a weird, creepy way. And so, yeah, the trailer was kind of all over the place because it's like it was, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it was probably the one of the worst trailers I think of the mm-hmm. day because it was like, what is this? Like it was just a mush of different things, and then you kind of could put together, okay, these are vampires because you see them biting people's necks and everything like that. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, and it also speaking of like. Like, these are next-gen games. This game didn't really visually stand out to me. It looked a little, like, current-gen 
um, or even like like early current gen in my opinion. But <laughs> I know graphics aren't everything and stuff, but it just, yeah, it wasn't a great showing for this game in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure what to make of that based off the trailer. Um, what I do know is uh, in my limited amount of time watching someone play the uh, the original game, Vampire the Masquerade, is that it did seem kind of like a, I uh, think, sort of like an Elder Scrolls slash like Fallout type of gameplay, oh, but okay. um, with like vampires and, right. and stuff. Um, so again, that was very limited amount of time of me watching like a streamer play, yeah. play a little bit of that game. So it could be different than that, but that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. So, yeah. um, that, that's kind of what I'm expecting to, to see with this one. But again, they didn't really show uh, a whole lot to explain what this game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, then we got Yakuza Like a Dragon Holiday 2020 and supports smart delivery. So uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is actually available on PS4 right now uh, just in Japan, I believe. It hasn't released in North America, but it is set to release. Uh, this is like the the continuation of the Yakuza franchise, but with a new protagonist. Uh, all the previous games, as you guys know, I'm a big Yakuza fan, so I know a little bit about this game before I saw this trailer. Um, but yeah, it's a new story and everything like that with some, you know, returning characters from previous games and everything like that. And yeah, it's, uh, what I wanted to just briefly talk about is how this is kind of a a big deal in terms of the fact that a Yakuza game is being shown, um, on like in a Xbox event, right? Because, Yakuza has always been associated with PlayStation because it's pretty much exclusively been on PlayStation consoles. Uh, you know, every, Yakuza 1 and 2 were on PS2, Yakuza 3 through 5 were on PS3, and, you know, Yakuza 6 and then the remakes and 0 were all PlayStations before they got, uh, you know, ported over to Xbox where they're now coming out on Game Pass. But clearly there was some sort of deal that was made. Um, probably last year at some point uh, where the the studio behind the Yakuza franchise met with Microsoft and they they got this franchise over onto Xbox which is really really cool um so yeah I I just wanted to point that out because that's pretty neat now I will say trailer looks really cool lots of weird Yakuza stuff it's a JRPG so there's lots of you know stuff that is very weird to us um, Western audiences, I guess, but the what's kind of misleading is Yakuza Like a Dragon is very different from previous Yakuza games because it is turn-based combat, whereas the other games are like a brawler. You're just like uh, beating them up pretty much. Um, that's always been in Yakuza, and this is a big leap from that of going to, you know, turn-based combat is is a lot different. So, from what I've heard of this game, it was pretty well received when it released in Japan. So it could actually bring in people who maybe weren't really a fan of the repetitive combat in Yakuza because it's, you know, changing that up. Um, I'm a little concerned because I don't really like turn-based combats, but I really like Yakuza. So I'm a little anxious to see how I'll do with this one. But yeah, I'm, I just think that's great that it's coming to Xbox, you know, at launch. 
And then last was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So this game uh, was announced by Ubisoft, I think, last week. And we got a, you know, reveal trailer and everything like that. And then Ubisoft said, hey, there's going to be gameplay shown at Inside Xbox. So everyone, this was like the, we all knew that the show was going to end off with this, right? They were setting this up. This was the, the easily the biggest third-party title to be included in this uh, presentation. And what we got was a gameplay trailer in quotations. Uh, this this stirred a lot of controversy. I'm sure most people listening probably have already seen it online. The reason why this was controversial is because basically the trailer showed uh, Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay, but in a style that isn't traditional when you say gameplay trailer or something like that, right? When we hear gameplay we think of someone freely moving a character and progressing through a game showing us the environment um you know seeing what a hud the hud looks like stuff like that um what what this was was like kind of like a cut of things that were in game you know in in engine and everything like that but they were cut in a way that it just looked like a bunch of cut scenes um you know you saw your character engaging in combat you saw environments everything like that but it just it was all cut together in a way that just it looked like just a a trailer like a a cinematic trailer pretty much the only real difference between this and the reveal trailer was that the reveal trailer was clearly you know cgi um because that looked phenomenal that trailer um and don't get me wrong this still looks really great but it just it wasn't a traditional gameplay trailer so adam what what do you think of first of all Ubisoft presenting this as a gameplay trailer and then uh, if you had any thoughts surrounding all the the hate going around online for this thing <laughs> um so yeah I, I I kind of agree I think the um the the negativity is kind of justified because um like you said it, it really isn't a gameplay trailer it's just you know in in engine captures of of things and it, you know it's sort of misleading when you do that. So I kind of get the, the, the frustration there. I mean, mm-hmm. that said, like, it looks like a, like a pretty cool game. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm certainly interested in it. Um, but yeah, that presentation just didn't do them any, any favors. Uh, I honestly think, and I've heard other people say this too, is that they just should have just made a straight up, just new IP out of this thing. Like mm-hmm. forget Assassin's Creed, you don't need that universe anymore. Like nobody really cares about that universe anymore. Like just, you could have just made it a straight up Viking game and called it a day. Yeah. And I think people would have been more than okay with that. So I think more than the trailer itself, that's just my, my opinion on, <laughs> yeah. on the game itself. So, but yeah, I think, I think people being upset about it is uh, totally justified. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've thought that too, especially, um, I mean, I, I'll go a little bit of this in when, when we mention what we've been playing, but I just started up Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that game, uh, I played a little bit of Origins, but the last real Assassin's Creed game I played was probably Black Flag, and then 2 and 3, like the earlier Assassin's Creed games, and yeah, it's, there's not really much of the Assassin's, like there, there's still some of the, 
DNA in Odyssey that you can see that has made its way through. But I, yeah, I, I don't know why that they, I guess it's because of the, the name, right? Like you slap Assassin's Creed on it and that could probably sell it more. But then it also makes consumers questions like, okay, well, like this is an Assassin's Creed though, right? And they, they have seen that. I guess this is like what Assassin's Creed is now is just taking, you know, historical time, like going back in time um, in during historical moments in different regions of the world and making RPGs out of them and... If that's what Assassin's Creed is now, I'm totally down because I think that Origins and Odyssey are like fantastic games, and I uh, I'm really excited for this one too. Like the reveal um, had me really hyped for it. Uh, so yeah, uh, and in regards of the controversy and the hate, I, I think it's justified too. They did a, a really poor job on setting this up and advertising this as a gameplay reveal so you know you're you're making everyone have those expectations coming in of like okay we're gonna get a you know even if it's like five ten minutes you know five minutes is even being you know a little generous but seeing somebody play this game seeing some gameplay that's really cool and then to have that it's kind of like well what the heck are you talking about right like i was sharing with adam and uh, Garrett and Steven like on our group chat the like dislike ratio right now that the this gameplay trailer has on you YouTube um I really hope that people are smart enough to understand that this was just a they dropped the ball in terms of marketing around this and I think that I just hope that this doesn't have any effect on this game's launch and everything like that. I think that once they come out and show what this game, how it actually, the real gameplay that we're expecting, people will hopefully just forget about this whole thing. Um, but I would hate for it to, I saw like the the game director tweeting out and addressing the the controversy around this and the backlash that people had and... Yeah, I can only expect that he's probably had some pretty nasty tweets sent to him today. So it's like, I think it's it's fair to criticize them for this and point out that they didn't do a good job in revealing this. But at the same time, like, you know, the internet can always tone those things down a little bit, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see more of this game. Um regardless of me playing this as screen right now i'm super excited and uh yeah it, it looks like a it's going to be a good good launch game for next gen mm-hmm. yeah so i guess overall like what were your thoughts on inside xbox so um to to quote animal crossing uh this this thing was a, a sea bass <laughs> it's a c plus <laughs> oh, um it, yeah it, it's i personally i enjoyed it because we haven't had any meaningful game announcements trailers information news for quite a while i mean i guess maybe since nintendo's mini direct that they did um was that like a month yeah it was in ago? march i think it was march 16th end of March, or 17th. maybe. Yeah, because yeah. it was right before uh, Animal Crossing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's been a while. So I've definitely been wanting some some meaty news, uh, information, trailers, that sort of stuff, and and that's what we got. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, overall, like I'm, I'm glad that Xbox did this. I'm glad that they're committing to uh, releasing new information every month for like the rest of this year. Like that's, that's really good on them. Yeah. You know, in these times where, you know, we don't have E3s and, and stuff like that, like we're going to be, you know, kind of clamoring for what's next. And they kind of gave us that sort of view of what's next. Now, with that being said, this was a, quote, first look Xbox Series X gameplay, like showcase. Yeah. And we got very little gameplay. As we talked about with Assassin's Creed, this was pretty much just for the majority of these games. All we really got was stylized in-engine cuts Mm -hmm. um, that they made into trailers. Like it really, we really didn't see actual gameplay. Yeah. Like if you were to put the controller in someone's hands and have them do something like that's not the same thing. So uh, the, the messaging on this was just really weird and and just straight up inaccurate and um so i i definitely understand why people were upset with this yeah um i think really the only game that we saw like legitimate gameplay of was that that first game that we talked about um yeah i think that one uh maybe dirt that maybe dirt i guess the the dinosaur one second extinction okay. had a little you know gameplay of for but yeah i you're totally yeah. right so it's, it's just so such small bits of actual yeah. gameplay which is what people were expecting to see that we still don't really know the capabilities of the series x yeah. and maybe there's a reason for that um because i mean personally for me like looking at these trailers and looking at this gameplay um you know, they look like current gen games for the, for the most yeah. part. So I I don't think any of these uh, developers are really. And, and you, like you said, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, that, that game exists mm-hmm. on a platform already and yeah. just in another country. Yeah. And so clearly that game is like it, the version we're getting on the Series X. Like it's it's a current gen game that's just being ported to next gen platform. So mm-hmm. I don't even know why that was in there. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because I guess like we're getting to that point in in video games where, in terms of graphics, like that that used to always be you're the, not going to see those huge increases. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like how much of it of things like the visuals are really going to translate in a, a a YouTube stream, right, or like a live stream on Twitch yeah. uh, of these showcasing. So it's like it, it's kind of it's. I, I agree. I, I mean, looking at all these games, it's just like, okay, like they just look at games I could play on Xbox One. And when you're, like you said, coming out as this is the first real showing of what next gen is going to look like, and this is what we got, it's a little weak, right? And it's it, it's tough to say if I, I and, and like, I don't know. I, I personally, like, I'm going into next gen of thinking of like, okay, not necessarily like better graphics or better character models or whatever. I'm, I'm looking at faster processing times. I'm looking at all those things that that's what they should be showing, right? They should be showing these things through gameplay, um, you know, of of uh, th- those things that we're expecting with next gen and showcasing them with these new titles. Because um, with them, even if all these games were in in-game engine and everything like that, it 
really means nothing to us unless we can see what it looks like, mm-hmm. what we're exactly. going to be playing, what, what perspective it looks like, what are the mechanics of this game, you know, what's the the frame rate looking like on these games, how 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 do they run, do they run smoothly, what are the load times, like those are all things that they're they're kind of talking about in next gen, and so for them to just kind of come out, it's just like, yeah, it's a little underwhelming, so. So on the flip side of that, though, we had, again, Bright Memory Infinite, yes, which that, yeah. to me looked like a straight up, this is a next gen game yeah. because it wasn't just, it looked very sharp. It, it was very True. crisp. Yeah. It was, it was, it looked beautiful. But on top of that, and I mentioned this before, they had a very strong wind effect going on, which was blowing all sorts of stuff around, um, kind of, you know, disrupting vision a little bit. Um, and it, it's those sort of additional effects that go into it. Like it's not just straight up graphics. It's the other things that get thrown into it. You so much stuff going on yeah. on screen at one time while still looking beautiful. And that to me is what, what kind of really popped for me. And I'm like, this looks next gen. Like yeah. this looks legit. And the other games that we saw didn't really didn't really follow suit. Like they mm-hmm. all again, they all kind of look like they were current gen, whereas this game look like it's it's legitimately being built ground up for you know next gen Mm -hmm. so i i guess i i just kind of wanted to see a little bit more of that and uh you know we didn't really get any more of that and i i like and it's to be expected like i'm sure a lot of these games are being built on engines like unreal engine 4 or whatever that is obviously being used to make current gen games so yeah, I, I think it just stresses my point even more that it's next gen is going to be about all these additional other features that come with more processing power that you know make uh, an, a, be- a better experience for the consumer. And uh, it's, it seems at least if well, I guess we'll find out later this year when we start seeing other you know next gen titles and everything like that, but. I don't know if that's something that's just like they're having a hard time translating, but it, there's no denying that they could have done this in a better way to just to to focus more on gameplay for next gen, right? Yeah, or or just um, you know the the messaging could have definitely been changed. There. Instead of saying like first look Xbox Series X gameplay, like it could have said. Um, you know, just putting out some sort of messaging like, hey, you want to see what you know, third party lineup is going to look like for, um, you know, the next year or yeah. something like that, you know, kind of like a Nintendo direct thing where yeah. it's like, look at the Xbox library. Like, don't, don't say anything about the series X. Just say, look at the upcoming Xbox totally, library yeah. from our, you know, our partners or, you know, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And, and I think that would have set the tone a little bit better because people were coming in here expecting really big things yeah. because you, you're throwing down Xbox series X gameplay and sure, may, you know, this is all running on Xbox uh, Series X, but, you know, again, it, there's not a huge discernible difference. So if you just say this is the, the upcoming library, that sets the stage a little bit more for it to be a little bit more just like, a, like again, like a Nintendo Direct mm-hmm. um, and how they just show they just show games like yeah. that's all this really had to be. It didn't have to be them trying to make a statement about Series X, because honestly, I think that that messaging flopped. Yeah. Um, and again, that being said, like, I'm really glad that they did this because it's still, you know, seeing trailers and seeing new games, new IPs being created. That's all awesome. Yeah. Um, totally. I, I love that. But it's just, yeah, it, the the messaging behind it was just 
bad. Totally. I think at the end of the day, both Ubisoft and Microsoft uh, had a case of bad marketing and they could have done a much better job on things. I think this is a big learning lesson for everyone and even those other you know people that have plans for reveals you know closer to the summer you know next month in july and everything like that to maybe because like yeah this is the first like you said the first real showing of stuff um the big news we've had in a while and yeah the consensus has been online that it was very mediocre at best um pretty disappointing to a lot of people so hopefully they learn from that and you know especially xbox come july when they have their first party reveal you know that they they do a much better job on that it's gonna be it's gonna and it's it it is tough with having to do these digital events i know that like nintendo's been doing them for a while and uh everything like that but it, it is probably difficult doing this all from working from home and everything like that but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what, you know, IGN Summer of Gaming and what Xbox has planned and what uh, Bethesda has planned and stuff. It's it's exciting, but uh, yeah, I was definitely disappointed for sure. Um, could have been a lot better. Yeah, and I think it is kind of, uh, you know, people are feeling a little discouraged now. Like, if this is what, you know, Series X looks like, then you know, now I'm sold on, on PlayStation for <laughs> yeah. sure. But it's like, you know, we haven't seen those first party yeah. games yet. And, and in July, when that, you know, event comes around where we actually do see the first party titles, like that's, you know, where, where Xbox is really totally. going to have to bring their a yeah. game, uh, you know, especially after, after this event, but they're, they are currently doing more than, than Sony <laughs> is right now. That is so. very true. Yeah. Got to give them points for that. Yep. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, let's get ready to wrap up the show. I did because it's been a while. I did want to just touch base real quick on what we've been playing. So, Adam, what's uh, what's been keeping you busy now that you've finished Final Fantasy? So I started working towards the platinum on Final Fantasy. Um, I kind of had to take a break a little bit. I was starting <laughs> to get a little burnout in the yeah. the grind. Like hard mode's going pretty well, but I'm trying to do a little bit of cleanup in the process too. So it's just you know, I've, I've played a couple chapters several times and it's like, okay, like, you know, and I still have to go through to get on hard mode. So I'm like, I just need a break from this. Yeah. Uh, so I've play I've been playing, uh, some final fantasy 14 again. I, I rolled oh, credits nice. on the, uh, the, the main Shadowbringers, Shadowbringers. campaign. And awesome. About to start the, uh, the post game stuff, uh, for that. Mm-hmm. And I tried playing a little bit more Fantasy Star Online too, which I just I, I just can't get into. Um, having a real hard time with that. Uh, still playing Animal Crossing. Still logging in every day, doing nice. all the things in in town, trying to get new recipes and yeah. make my island five stars. And um, I feel like there's something else. Weren't you playing Rocket League too? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been yeah. playing Rocket. I get definitely have gotten sucked back into Rocket League right now. So such a good game. Uh, yeah. So uh, my friends that I normally play with, um, you know, one of them is sort of on, uh, so I guess, kind of unemployed right now because yeah. of all the you know COVID stuff that's yeah. happening. So he has he has more time at home now and. Um, now with me working from home, you know, whenever I get done, I can, I can hop on. We, yeah. you know, I'll just kind of jump on Rocket League. It's almost a daily thing at this point. That's so, awesome. 
um, yeah, so it really fun to get to be back in the Rocket League. So yeah, it's huh. I, I've just been going back to to some older games yeah. and enjoying them. You were kind of in like a catch up period and in between games right now because we had all like Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy so close to each other, and now we have a bit of a breather before the summer hits and we get some big AAA games on PlayStation with uh, Last of Us and ghosts of Tashima. so for myself i yeah i just like beat final fantasy 7 that has taken up a big chunk of my that's literally all i've been playing besides you know the <laughs> daily animal crossing here and there uh and then yeah i did just start odyssey i'm only like three hours in which is just like a sliver of that game um like i'm still technically i think in like the prologue um i haven't even left that like first island that you start on so yeah that game is massive yeah so uh it's been kind of fun because megan is also playing it uh because she's been really into rpgs lately like she uh beat dragon age inquisition uh she put like 100 plus hours into it and uh because yeah megan's not working uh either because of the pandemic so she's been playing that and uh, then she played Skyrim. She put like 50 hours into that and then kind of give them like, well, you should play like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I was like, oh, I, I, I've been wanting to play that myself for a while. I saw a sale where I could get Origins and Odyssey because I had, I think I previously got Origins from the library and played a, a chunk of it. But uh, I was like 30 bucks for like both of them. And so I snagged that. I'm like, okay, once I'm done with Final Fantasy VII, I will allow myself to start that game. So, yeah, you can expect me to probably talk about that for the next couple of weeks. But, and then I just picked up Predator Hunting Grounds today, and I'm very interested in that game. Uh, it looks like it has a lot of issues. Like, it didn't, it's bringing down my freaking fantasy critic score right now. I think it's like minus, I think it's just minus uh, 10 or 11 points because um, it's at, saying at like a 58 or 59 on Open Critic, which isn't great. You also have to remember that Friday the 13th, uh, which was also developed by Ilphonic, was not a great game at launch. Very janky, very broken. Um, I played it last year, I think, and it's still very janky, but the game had improved a lot. So I'm kind of expecting the same thing with Predator. I kind of just want a game where I can just kind of jump in and play, you know, when I don't have the time to sit down and play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So... Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about that uh, in the next couple weeks too. Once I get some game time with it. Yeah, that's a that's at a negative twelve right now for yeah. you. Yeah, not which good. is lower than the Warcraft Three Reforge, which I think is actually climbing back. It's up climbed a back bit. up. Yeah, definitely. So I'm hoping <laughs> that it can, you know, make its way back up with, uh, you know, re-reviews or whatever with the game being updated they've already yeah. patched the game quite a bit since it's launched so we shall see i guess but still a chance yeah still <laughs> a chance but it's not looking good for me in that even looking at the rest of the games i picked i'm like oh man i'm not feeling confident i'm probably gonna come in last place <laughs> <laughs> uh all right question of the week so last week uh shoot where my phone go uh well, it wasn't last week. It was a couple of weeks ago now because we've missed some shows. Uh, we asked you guys a question, and that was, if you could have a video game remade to the levels of games such as Resident Evil 2 or Final Fantasy 7, which game would you choose? 
Uh, so over, heading over onto Twitter, we had at BJBernardo10 says, Splinter Cell, start from one and just go through them. New graphics, new enemy AI, tighten up the story. That would be amazing. And then we have uh, at uh, WT Famicom, which is uh, a gaming podcast, says Adventures of Willie Beamish, which I'm not quite familiar with. It sounds like a point and click, like adventure game or something like that. I'll have to look that up. Uh, Final Fantasy, oh, sorry, uh, at grand underscore video says final fantasy 3 in J- the japan uh version and then robotron 2084 uh and sorry final fantasy 3 came from ginger and robotron 2084 is from willie because this is a, a shared account i believe uh yeah they're a podcast so um great response then we have at shoot the flick Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2, NBA and NFL Street, Silent Hill, Time Splitters 2, and Twisted Metal. So a lot of responses, but all very solid. And then at Do You Want to Cont, aka Do You Want to Continue, they say Mystical Ninja starring Goemon for the Nintendo 64, which is one of my like favorite games on Nintendo 64. So I really appreciate that response. And then... One response over on Facebook, we got uh, your buddy Justin Musselman. He says, I would love either Final Fantasy Tactics or Parasite Eve. Easy options for me. All really, really, really solid responses. Thank you guys so much for giving those responses. I know you've had to wait a couple weeks for me to read them on, but thank you to everyone who responded. Adam, what uh, game would you choose if you had to pick one? I know Final Fantasy VII would probably be up there, but now that you have it, what, what other yeah. game would it be? So, yeah, so, like, one of my, you know, all-time wishes to, to be remade is, is Final Fantasy VII, so thankfully that's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, from there I'd have to say, you know, my favorite Final Fantasy of all time, which is Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that get the the seven treatment as totally, well. That yeah. that game would be so amazing. Yeah, that would man. That's kind of what my answer was too. Is uh, so like I would love Final Fantasy X, which is obviously a more modern game than six VI and seven, but done in you know remix style. Because, but then I was like, imagine if they just like took on this twenty year project and they're like, we are going to remake you know all the older Final Fantasy games of like you know turning them into like obviously the more tends a lot more modern but i would just love because i've talked about this on the show before not a big fan of turn-based combat so if they could take you know 10 or 8 9 10 um and those games that are like that and just do them in the style of seven like that would be really cool Mm because i'd be totally sold in playing those games but yeah that's awesome uh, so yeah, my, my response, um, Final Fantasy 10, or obviously I'll say every time in this kind of question is Ocarina of Time, just done in the style nice. of Breath of the Wild. So, you know, blow up that Hyrule map to much bigger, make it this big open world with NPCs walking around and stuff like that. Cause I really like Ocarina of Time's story, um, I think it's really cool. I love the dungeons in it. It's a great, solid game. Obviously, we don't need to debate that. And yeah, just bring it up to modern times. Um, and yeah, not like a, 
a remaster version like they did with the 3ds version like i want like a remake where they're ground up rebuilding this game but keeping all the the same dna kind of thing so all right so this week's question of the week basically i was kind of thinking about this when i was driving home from work and I'm trying to come up with a way to word this. So I guess taking inspiration from games like Friday the 13th and Predator Hunting Grounds, what IP would you choose for, uh, I guess how, man, I should have fleshed this out better, but like (laughs) what game, what IP would you choose to be turned into a 4v1 game like Friday the 13th or Predator Hunting Ground. So where you have... So I, I guess to give you guys some examples, you could take something like, you know, sticking on that horror horror train, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, where you have like Freddy Krueger and he's hunting, you know, four other people trying to survive or something. So basically, you know, taking inspiration from Friday the 13th or Predator Hunting Grounds, if you could choose any IP to be done in the same style, what IP would it be? So you can send your responses to contact at gamesarefunpodcast.com. We also post the question on Twitter and Facebook. So you can respond on there and we'll read your guys' responses on next week's episode. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for the show. So thank you guys so much for listening. Adam, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can f- find me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at LukeAllenArm. Follow the show at GamesAreFunPod. And again, just a reminder that this upcoming Tuesday is our Final Fantasy review episode. So that's what's kind of coming out next week. And then we should be back to normal, hopefully the following week with our, our regular episodes of just, you know, general games discussion and talking about news and stuff like that. So uh, this is like, we're getting into those exciting times. I'm trying to figure out once we know more, I guess, of who's doing digital events and stuff like that. I want to come up with uh, a plan for an episode on doing predictions of announcements that we could see in the next couple months, but it's a little hard because we don't have that E3 event this year where, you know, things are kind of revolving around so it it might be difficult when some people are doing an event you know this week and microsoft's doing it like three weeks from that and but i i still want to do a predictions episode of some sort uh because those are like easily the best ones to do so you guys can look forward to that in the coming weeks for sure all right thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of games are fun and we will all talk to you next week See you later.